You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello there and welcome along to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you yet another OTI show. Uh, this one is going to be focusing on Dynasty. We're going to be talking Dynasty 101 with Carl Safchek helping people. Some people new to the leagues maybe uh, have played fantasy football over the last couple of years but haven't got involved in Dynasty yet and it is growing all the time. So we'll be talking about exactly what it is, the differences between Dynasty football and redraft football, uh, different strategies, different roster sizes, how to get involved, all the different ways to do it, hosting sites, so on. So we're going to try and cover as much topics as we can in the time that we talk. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you in just a little moment. It's always good having card aboard the show we've also linked up with sports travel tours you can find them online at sportstraveltours.com it's travel for sports fans by sports fans they're covering uh, all the uh, different american sports nfl nhl uh, nba and so on and so forth and they're also covering the games in dublin this upcoming season the college game and then they're covering the games in the uk as well so all that good stuff and then they're doing tailgates before a number of ga- all the games in fact uh, that i mentioned there and then games in the u.s as well and you can get sports packages to games in the u.s they can sort you out for any of them with tickets accommodation flights and so on and uh, with oti and that their link up that i mentioned a moment ago if you go to the checkout when you've selected your package with them there's great customer service over there as well uh, the code is oti 16 simple as that 10 uh, percent discount if you use the oti code so uh, absolutely no reason not to if you're planning on heading stateside that's here for uh, a sports tour do go to sportstraveltours.com and insert that OTI code at checkout for 10% savings. As always, thanks for your continued support in spreading the word of Overtime Ireland. Uh, OTI getting a lot more mentions on Twitter and so on over the last couple of weeks, and I do thank you for that continued support, whether it's on iTunes, giving us a ranking and a rating on there, spreading the word on social media and so on, telling your friends about it. The numbers are going up each and every show for the podcast listening, listenership, so keep spreading the word, and uh, thank you for that support. So with all the plugs out of the way to start the show, let's get into it. Let's start talking Dynasty. Let's get Card on the show. Hi, I'm Matt Williamson, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. Once again, joined back on the OTI Podcast by Card Safchek. A lot of you have heard him on here before. He used to be with DynastyLeagueFootball.com, but now part of his own crew, they're starting up DynastyOneFantasy.com, so he's going to be part of that there part owner of that and he's also the co-host of the new podcast that'll be coming out very very shortly uh carl as always hopefully there's gonna be a lot of fun hey thanks for having me back on i think this is my third time so hopefully the third time's a charm i'm sure the <laughs> first two podcasts bombed which i always do so this one hopefully will be good yeah yeah hopefully um no, the other two were uh, great successes as well but today we're gonna be talking dynasty in particular and dynasty 101 Obviously, um, you're going to now with Dynasty One Fantasy. Um, your thoughts on changing over to the new podcast and uh, your thoughts on it going forward. What can we expect from the new show? Oh, I'm really excited. At first, I was kind of scared because I've been uh, with DLF for so long. Three three years, three great years. I mean, I have a lot of respect for those guys. They do a really great job over there. But it's kind of like moving out of your parents' house when, you get to co- when, when you're going to college. And uh, we we are just all really excited to kind of do our own thing and make this happen for ourselves. It'll be pretty similar to the old show. It's the whole crew. It's me, Jarrett, Eric, and and Jason, our producer. It's all the same people, but we're just doing our own thing. We're going to build our own website. We're going to start rankings. I'm going to write articles and eventually probably recruit people to join. So it's very much in the infancy stage, but 
I, I think it's going to be great down the road. Yeah, it's basically going to be the, the exact same show as previous, uh, but uh, under a different name, I would imagine. And it's something that I always listen to the podcast on a weekly basis, so I'm looking forward to getting that there, new content. And um, it's uh, you mentioned it being exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time. It is kind of one of those things when you're used to something for quite some time and then you're taking that step out. But I'm, I have no doubt that it's going to be a hugely successful website and looking forward to the podcast. Dynasty 101. Obviously, I think you're a good guy to have on to talk about this. Uh, I've heard you doing podcasts like this on DLF before, and uh, I'm looking forward to running through this stuff. First of all, the, the growth of fantasy football in particular, and now the growth of dynasty football over the last maybe three or four years in particular, I'm sure you've seen a huge rise in the popularity of uh, dynasty, and I think that's down to the, the success of fantasy in general. But maybe some people want to be a little bit more diehard about it, become a degenerate like ourselves, and... Uh, what is, for you, the differences between fantasy football and dynasty football? Sure. So the the thing that sparred fantasy into the mainstream is the fact that many of us, while we can't be five-star athletes, we can't be Von Miller, we can't be Peyton Manning or Cam Newton or Odell Beckham Jr., who we can be is the general manager. We are, you know... Uh, able to understand football while we can't play it so that's what fantasy is we can be the general manager of our own quote-unquote football team but dynasty is more so like being a general manager because the general manager has to make decisions like salary cap decisions which certain type of dynasty leagues are Um, but they have to make decisions based on not just how good a player will be this coming year but how good they will be over a certain period of time Obviously, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, Tom Brady, these type players are very much uh, a a center part of a fantasy football team for 2016, Mm -hmm. but they are not so much a center part of a dynasty team because they probably only have one, two, maybe three years left, uh, while guys like Cam Newton, uh, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, at the quarterback position and Odell Beckham and Mike Evans and Jordan Matthews at the wide receiver position, these type players could be in the league for maybe 10 years. So they are more valuable over the long term. It's kind of like a, a marriage rad, rather than a one-night stand. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what, you get your players in your uh, original draft when the league starts up. Uh, you keep those players as long as the league kind of continues to exist. A lot more value and youth, as you mentioned there. It's a bit strange over the last couple of years, too, the value and youth, because usually you wait two or three years for these rookie receivers and young receivers to start to sh- fulfill potential. But in the last few years, we've seen them come in and do it straight away. So rather than a few years ago where a player like uh, Keenan Allen would have been very very highly rated in fantasy and then a little bit lower down the totem pole or a little bit lower down the totem pole in redraft it's kind of shaken up a little bit and there's a lot of the a lot of those guys at the top of both lists this season going forward but with it um it makes you play fantasy 365 days a year rather than just the uh, the NFL season. And that's the part I love about it. The off season is probably the most interesting part, trying to get those trades. There's a lot more emphasis on trading. And uh, do you like the off season uh, probably more than the, the regular season, trying to set your team up, as you mentioned, being the GM, trying to get ready for the season and trying to dominate the league? Sure, except for because of the point you just made, there actually is no off season. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, during the 
the football season is almost kind of like the off season. Yeah, this is yeah. for Di- for Dynasty. This is kind of what really is the general manager season. You can see a general manager of any NFL team. They can, in a sense, kind of kick their feet up when the actual season's going on. They've done most of their yeah, work the over the job. spring and summer. Yep. And now this is where we do most of our work. I, I don't personally watch a lot of college football. So this is when I'm learning about all the incoming rookies. And I'm, I'm doing trades and I'm doing more research about even the veterans that are in the NFL than I was able to do uh, previously because I'm watching the games and enjoying it as a spectator. But now I can actually microanalyze each player and their stats and their efficiency and their raw numbers and then go back and watch tape and watch each individual player on each individual play and try to get a leg up on, on, my, on my league mates. Now, that might seem like a lot of work to, to some people, and, and, and it absolutely is, but you know, I'm in a lot of quote unquote expert leagues. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of guys that absorb the information that I give because I'm able to do all this research during the quote unquote off season. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't need to be as much work for everybody. You know, I do this for a living. So so this is you know, I spend obviously more time than everybody else. So anybody who's who's thinking about getting into it, you know, I don't mean to scare them off by by saying that I'm doing this 24-7. Yeah. Obviously, I'm one of the people that is absorbing the information and funneling out there to the to the populace. So it, it really is fun. I mean, it really is a, a, a great, great time. And I think that it, it gives you that sense of being an NFL general manager more so than just normal redraft fantasy football. Yeah, that's for sure. It's just the the combination of everything, in particular the trading, because a lot of the time in the redraft there will not be a lot of trades that go on through the season. Whoever you draft, usually they stick with those guys. There's not a lot of moving about in this uh, and redraft. It is a lot, a lot of moving about, and I think you really you don't want to scare people away, but you do kind of have to be kind of pretty much a diehard football fan as well because you need to know all the guys at the bottom of the rosters if you want to if you, i actually think if you want to learn about players and depth of positions on certain rosters if you go and you start playing dynasty league you'll start knowing the the fourth string uh, running backs and all the teams around the national league you'll, right you'll, right you'll, you'll start to know guys that are on the the practice squad that might get called up and so on so you do really get a wealth of information and but you do need to be at that level kind of to try and figure out what you can do or else you're going to get kind of toasted on trades every time you go into it. some of the the pros and cons maybe for some people that are thinking about getting into it uh, we kind of have listed some of them but you get to play it all year round uh, you get a more of a sense of team ownership as you mentioned you're more in control and you can try and build a dynasty so you can win on multiple leagues but again or multiple years but only one guy can win every year and it, it always comes down to the depending on the league size there's gonna be a lot of losers each and every season uh, any other cons that you can think of on the other side you know how it requires more time and effort um, year-round commitment and then it's a long-term commitment because if you want to get involved in dynasty and you want to have a successful league you'll know more than anybody you need to have you know either 12 or 16 depending on the size of the league you need to have those guys that are going to be committed for the long run because if you start having three or four dropouts the the league is kind of doomed to fail yeah sure absolutely and and even you know you're, you're asking for for cons mm. even losing in dynasty can can become a pro in some sense. Obviously, you want to win. Obviously, you want to be the champion. You want to have whatever monetary gain there is or bragging rights or both, obviously. But in Dynasty, 
when you lose, so let's say, for instance, you're the last place team, yeah. you're going to get the first pick in your rookie draft. We've seen that be uh, Amari Cooper or Todd Gurley last year, yeah. Sammy Watkins or Mike Evans the year before. Um, the, the year before that, I believe, was Tavon Alston, Eddie Lacy. So there's mixed results, but you're probably going to get a generational-type player with yeah. that pick. So when you lose... And and you don't even have to be last place. When you lose, you you get valued much like the NFL, where we see the the Titans of the past couple of years get top two picks, and and the Bucks last year got Jameis Winston. You're going to be given the opportunity to turn your team around at a better rate than you may have thought. Um, and a lot of teams take the opportunity to lose so they can build something strong for the future. And as you mentioned, there's not as much trades during the season. A lot of times the trades that do take place during the season take place by a team that isn't very good and a team that is very good. And the team that isn't very good gives away a player that may be on their last year or quote-unquote an older player. And the team that is good is trading away future draft picks. So when you're losing in Dynasty, you can actually stockpile these draft picks, get younger, and build for the future, which is even more fun for some teams. Yeah, we'll get into a little bit more detail uh, later on, but rebuilding and contending is a huge part. You need to know what's... Sometimes people, you're asking them in a trade for something, and they say that they're kind of contending, and you look at their roster and you think... Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're contenting this year. But next one up is uh, where to host. Obviously, if you're starting a new league, you need a website to host it on. Uh, most of the leagues that I play in are played on uh, myfantasyleague.com or Flea Flicker. I think they're the two most popular all-around dynasty sites. Both offer different uh, various settings for your league and so on and so forth. But pretty much uh, both of them very, very adequate for hosting your dynasty league. Have you a particular favorite or uh, any others that you'd like to mention? That's all I play on is my fantasy league, and I don't have anything bad to say about Flea Flicker. Uh, I, I know a lot of people that do play on Flea Flicker. I don't personally. A hundred percent of my leagues are on my fantasy league. They they do a great job of hosting. Um, they're a little bit pricey, so if you're the commissioner of a dynasty league and you're starting up, make sure that you let people know that they have to kick in a few extra bucks yeah, to definitely. pay for the website. Um, but you you get you get what you pay for with them i believe yeah and all the websites too they are good value for money you get the website will run all year round and they keep you up to date with uh, you know they save all your trades and from the past and from the present obviously keep your your draft picks in order and also you do need that it's a lot less uh, paperwork for a general manager compared to if it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago writing down all the different stuff so it makes it a lot easier for them uh, the other thing starting off the league that you need to think about is are you joining the league or are you setting up a new league um so if you're joining the league, you're going to go over what is called an orphan team. You're going to you're going to start off with somebody else's roster that's basically left the league or got kicked out of the league for not participating to the level can expect it, depending on the league. And uh, any advice on people taking over a league, uh, what to look for in a team, or else uh, starting a new league? Yeah, well, for instance, in my home league, I had three teams leave this year. One is my brother, who is uh, going he's going on duty so yep. he will be gone for a long period of time and he he wishes he could stay he just can't so yeah, yeah. there's going to be three open teams and i'm going to do a dispersal draft and luckily in this instance there there's a lot of great players in that dispersal draft and i love those because at least gives you a little bit of opportunity to craft your own team 
But when you're looking for an orphan team in particular, I don't necessarily look for the best team if you if you have to choose between a couple different orphan teams. I look for what's what's the best league because I want the other owners to be active enough to where I can make that roster my own. Yeah. I want to be able to trade as many times as I can. So if I have like a, a a decent orphan team with a lot of owners that won't trade, I'm probably going to continue to be decent and not really good. If I have a really crappy orphan team with a lot of owners that are, are willing to trade with me, then I can create my own team and make it better over the course of a year or two. So I, it, it's really more about learning how good and how often the the guy the guys or gals participate in the league that you're joining more so than looking for the best orphan team yeah and uh, when you mentioned dispersal draft just for anyone that's listening that hasn't played dynasty before it's as Karen mentioned there's more than one team moving out or on or leaving the league so that team rather than just two people to go over two separate teams uh, a draft with those two guys uh, that are girls as you mentioned that join the league and spreading those players out over that draft so that there will be very interesting with three different teams moving out it should be should be interesting to see how those teams turn up uh, on the other side you're looking at the the league structure the size and the rules are three other things that are very very important when you're joining the league if you don't know the rules whether it's ppr or standard scoring or you know then amount of teams a lot of the leagues are either 12 or 16 teams and being involved in both that can uh, the 16 teams can be a lot more bare on the the waiver wire for example and just a lot more players on your roster your thoughts on roster size do you like 12 or 16 uh, well, I, I like both. I, I don't. I don't have a preference. It, 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 but this is a very important point because maybe the most important part of success is learning your league type, the league scoring, the rules, the settings, all that. Because you could be hypothetically, you could be in a return yardage league yeah. where Tyler Lockett is one of the best best values in the entire league or Tavon Austin or you could be not in a in a return yardage league where what you consider the, them to be in the real NFL is more so what their value entails you could be in a super flex league where you can a super flex for people that don't know is where you can start more than one quarterback where in that instance the quarterbacks are worth probably the most important position yeah or you could be in a normal 12 10 or 12 team league where you can wait until the 10 or 12th round to draft a quarterback you don't need to get Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck it's just not a necessity um so this is very very important and often overlooked because when I was with DLF and they still continue to do this we generate ADP which is average draft position we we do six drafts, or I, I say we, but I'm not with them anymore. <laughs> they do six six drafts. I do still participate in, yeah. the, in the ADP draft. Uh, they do six drafts uh, a, a, a month and just average out where every player is going. Yeah. So it's good to know, but that's just based on the most basic of leagues. And there's so many leagues out there that are vastly different that you can't just go into a draft knowing... Uh, that just going off just dynasty uh, dynasty league football's ADP because your league might be vastly different from that, but you do have that centerpiece to focus on to know okay this is what it would be if I was in a twelve team league PPR, but th- there's there's much different 
adjustments that need to be made depending on the league you're in. Yeah, and when you mentioned there as well some of the, the different rules, whether it's uh, super flex and so on, it's important to know as well at the basic level if it's a PPR league or non-PPR because if you're playing uh, PPR, each reception is obviously worth a point. And uh, if you have a you know a player like Danny Woodhead, it's going to be worth significantly more. Giovanni Bernard, those sort of guys are going to bump up in value a lot. And you could have a team potentially that would win a PPR league that is going to be not all that impressive in a, in a regular standard scoring league. So you need to know those rules as well. Then roster size. Um, there is a lot of debate, in my opinion, about roster size, whether you should have a taxi squad and so on and so forth. Uh, roster size, do you just like to uh, have as big a roster as uh, humanly possible? Sure, actually, yeah, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> the nail on the head. Because, I mean, again, I've done so much research that I know the team's fifth or sixth receiver and the and the team's third or fourth running back that I, I feel like I have an edge over the, the teams that don't. But but then again, I, I totally understand if, if a team wants to do a smaller roster size. So it's really just about preference there. It, much like league size, league scoring, um, it, it's just about preference. And all fantasy leagues can be great. You just have to change your strategy with whichever uh, league size uh, roster size and league scoring that you choose to be in yeah as well um we mentioned so the standard kind of setup for the leagues and so on the standard kind of lineup for most leagues will be one quarterback three receivers uh two running backs one tight end a kicker and uh, some leagues will have a kicker and some leagues will have a defense some will have both where do you fit in on the uh, the kicker and the defenses at the moment i still don't mind uh defensively but in dynasty i don't tend to have them at all and then when uh, talking about a kicker i don't know maybe we're at the uh, turning point where in the next five or six years kickers might be eliminated from fantasy football but where do you stand on that yeah i mean if you're going to do a redraft league i guess team defenses are fine i don't think they have any place in dynasty just because you don't even have to be a great defense to be a good fantasy defense so it's tough it's tough to know how good a defense is going to be in dynasty over multiple years so i think that if you're going to play dynasty either eliminate the defense altogether which a lot of dynasty leagues have done or dip your toes into the idp waters it, it it takes again a lot more research but it is very fun i'm in a couple idp leagues and and I enjoy them because it, a lot of the reason that we like fantasy football, and I know this isn't for everybody. I realized that ahead of time. But a lot of why we like fantasy is because we love football. Yeah. So if you're going to love football, hopefully you realize that there is an, a whole another a, a whole other side of 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 than just offense. Yeah. There's eleven other players on the opposite side of the field. So if you can learn to to love football, then you're going to realize players like Luke Keekley and Von Miller and Justin Houston and uh, Chandler Jones and Robert Quinn and J.J. Watt. These players can be very valuable in fantasy as well. You just have to create the scoring system to make them so. Yeah, and uh, just for anyone listening, if uh, you start up playing Dynasty Football or you're playing at the moment and it's not uh, enough work for you, you can jump in, as Garrett said, get into the IDP leagues and cover the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about most leagues are going to have uh, the free agent blind bidding, which is the the fab budget uh, in the leagues for, you know, waiver wire prospects and that. Some leagues will have your regular waiver wire, but that's generally 
seems to be getting uh, smoothed along. Um, what do you think? Uh, you a fan of the, the fab budget, or do you mind if it's that or waivers? I prefer that. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's fair. Uh, a lot of times with the the regular, I guess, quote unquote, regular waivers, is that at least at least years ago, I remember there'd be one guy in every league that would wait until. 12 a.m. or or 2 a.m. whenever they could and just grab the grab the player or yeah. if there's waiver priority I, I I just think there's way too many ways to exploit that uh, with the free agent blind bidding dollars I think that is the fairest way to go about it everyone starts off with the same amount of money at the beginning of the year and you can allocate it however you want to for the free agents you can spend it all on the first week if you want to or you can save it all if you want to depending on what players break out at, at certain times. And in a lot of leagues, uh, the leagues that I play, and you can you can trade those dollars. So if you have a deep roster and don't want to drop anybody for a free agent, you can trade away your blind bidding dollars. And some pl- some teams don't have as deep a roster and will welcome the opportunity yeah. to do that. And and also, I think that this is another way. I, I We keep getting back to the teams that put in the most work yeah. are probably going to win but the teams who not only do the research but maybe pull in some of the free agent blind bidding dollars will get players like gary barnage last year spencer yeah. ware charkandrick west these players that come out of nowhere and are league winners yeah. so if you really want to do your research and, and like anything I, I was a big poker player uh uh until they out basically outlawed online poker in the <laughs> In, in America, yeah. but I was a big poker player, and one quote that stuck out to me because I read a lot of poker books, and and I can apply this to fantasy football. I wish I could remember the author, the the person that whose quote this belongs to. But they said you should be happy that poker is hard. If poker, if poker were easy, then everybody would be good yeah. at it. You want to be the only good person at it. So how I apply that to fantasy football is if you do the research into which players are good free agents and you can spend your blind bidding dollars and make a league changing value by getting those players and you can win your league by doing that yeah yeah definitely and very good information there because a lot of the times you can pick up those like i picked up gary barney's in a few leagues last season and uh you know he can help you out in so many weeks and uh, ended up having a, a good year so there's always those guys both uh, in redraft and fa- uh, dynasty but particularly if you get them in dynasty and if they are younger guys it's a, a tremendous value there and basically the waiver system if you're playing the waiver system it's basically the equivalent in dynasty is the waiver system is at the end of the year you get the first overall pick i think that's probably the, the best way to go if you're the worst team instead of getting the the first uh, shot at each free agent each week uh, next up um, we're going to talk startup draft or rookie draft so you start up draft you have to go you have nobody on your roster you need to pick your players you start off at uh, you have a randomized order whoever's number one picks first the whole way through and it'll be uh, a snake draft to, to set up your team and with you mentioned at the start the youth uh, you want to get the younger players so you're going to see a lot of players that maybe are older like a well Jamal Charge is coming off an injury but a player like Adrian Peterson who would be kind of maybe a first round pick this year in redraft is going to be way way down uh, maybe sixth or seventh round I don't know what the ADP is at the moment but they will be a lot lot lower down the totem pole um, anything uh, just regarding startup drafts that uh, people should know yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, players like Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles are probably going to go in the first, maybe early second of 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 redrafts, 
redraft leagues, but in yeah. dynasty, they're going to go much lower, uh, probably third, fourth, fifth round, maybe even lower than that. Uh, it, but that's, that's, that's the way you got to go about it is youth is very valuable. You're going to see not only just older players get devalued, but players with less shelf life. A lot of times those two things mean the same thing, but in some cases like running back, you're going to see even Le'Veon Bell and Todd, Todd Gurley be devalued a little bit just because they're running backs and they may only be good for four more years. Yeah. Now we could say, okay, probably Todd Gurley is going to be great for eight years, but we don't know that because he's susceptible to injury just because of the position he plays. So you're going to see a lot of wide receivers, a lot of young guys go in the first few rounds and you're, you're going to see that value be increased. Now, some people value age more than others. Some people will never draft a wide receiver over 27, which is very silly. <laughs> uh, but you're going to see some people take that approach. Yeah. So then you can, in turn, take players like uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, Eric yeah, absolutely. You uh, Eric Decker. Those- we have to mention Eric Decker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could take those players um, – you know, maybe not in the first round. Obviously, Antonio Brown's going to go in the first round. That's an extreme example because he's probably the best in the league and he's still only 27. Yeah. But the, those other players, you could take them much further down than you would be able to in a redraft league and get a lot of value because people are passing over them. So the, so there's definitely a fine line. I mean, you want – younger's better. There's, there's no doubt about that. But to what degree younger is better is – up for debate and will always be up for debate yeah it's kind of getting that balance um i had uh, ryan mcdowell on a couple of weeks ago and this was one of the things we covered getting that balance between veterans and rookies he kind of went more for the the younger age group than and i kind of was kind of given the argument for the older guys and you need to get that balance and if you can find some of those guys later in the draft you mentioned a guy like jason whitten who basically perennially has had you know a tony romo's favorite target but at the moment in dynasty he's literally worth nothing you like worth nothing so you just keep him on your roster and this year he's going to give you another probably 60 catches again so it's uh, certain players got the older guys probably even getting to the stage where he's you know last round pick at this stage in dynasty so there's things like that that players that can help you for one season but people are looking long term three or four years down the road the, t- the term dynasty gives you that you're trying to build a team that can win three or four titles although that rarely happens in reality um other stuff that you need to look at is if it's um a rookie draft that means obviously you've done your startup draft you've set up the league and things are going uh, sometimes sometimes you need to find this out before you do your draft sometimes you'll have the rookies included in the startup draft sometimes they prefer to do them separately you need to know that at the time of drafting and then the other case is if you do the startup draft and the rookie drafts after are there for each year after that that you need to uh, know your rookies uh, for your you know your your draft order you know what your picks are you might have traded some away you might have acquired some if you're starting to rebuild and you need to uh, have your rookie draft and usually the rookie draft will take place about uh, a month or so after the nfl draft but you need to as long as you've done before the start of the season any preference on when the rookie draft is held for you yeah, probably about then, uh, probably about a month after the season. But also, I don't have a preference with this either, because even if you did your your rookie draft before the NFL draft, everyone still yeah. has the same uh, ability to draft. I mean, you, you have to do more research, of course, but everybody has to do more research. Yeah. So while I prefer to do it after the, the NFL draft, that, that doesn't mean that I, I would turn my nose up at somebody who did it earlier. Um I personally, as I mentioned, probably one of my weak 
suits in Dynasty is that I don't watch college football, so I don't see much of what happens with these young guys. But now, between February, March, April, May, this is when I'm learning as an owner, not not just as a as a podcast host, as a writer, but as a dynasty league owner, I'm learning what these players are worth, at least in my own opinion. Um, so yeah, I would prefer personally to wait till after the NFL draft. Yeah, I very much agree with that too. I don't watch a lot of college football, so it's uh, an ideal time to, to jump into all that information and try and see where things are going. The other type of draft is the dispersal draft. We mentioned that at the, you know, kind of halfway through this segment. And then the other thing you need to do is it's not like when you're going to uh, NFL.com prior to a, a regular redraft season, you can do all the mock drafts you want until you're sick in the teeth of doing them. But uh, you need to know the ADP in particular. You need to, a lot of the time, you'll have to go through it yourself and kind of do a mock draft on your own. But you can do, as Carl mentioned, there'll be websites looking for uh, ADP and you can participate in those drafts as if it was a mock draft. Um, and you need to know kind of the difference of where the players are going because if you go in with a redraft strategy your team's not going to look all that good so the next thing is uh, getting on to rebuilding and contenting the last topic we're going to cover teams need to know when you're not good enough and you need to start rebuilding or when you're um, you know you're in it with a shot at winning you mentioned trading during the season you'll be trading up to uh, try and make that final push to get over the line and then a, a lower ranked team trying to get those picks or get some younger players moving forward uh, rebuilding or contenting that decision uh, do you find it an easy one to make or do you think some people some people in general i think really struggle with it i personally think i find it easy but i think that a lot of other people do struggle with it and as yeah, you agree. mentioned earlier a lot of people think that they're contending when they're not <laughs> I, I've seen the opposite, too, though. It would surprise you. I think a lot of people think that they're rebuilding when they don't have to. Uh, they c- there, There's easy ways to make your team a contender if you have the right building blocks. Um, some teams have a lot of young players, but they're good young players, and you can mix them in with uh, players like last year, Michael Crabtree, uh, Drew Brees, players that are considered quote-unquote old I, I i say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because they're not really old not they're not even really old in an nfl sense yeah. but they're viewed as old because there are extreme people in dynasty that will just stop viewing a player once they've been in the the league for for many years um but by adding players like that you can make your your team a contender for cheap so I've seen it. I've seen it done both ways. Now I've also seen it to where players, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, teams, team owners have players like Tory Smith, Jeremy Macklin, Pierre Garcon, and think that they're a contender. And you're just not going to be able to do it that way. Yeah, no, that, that I definitely agree with that. And one of my leagues last year, um, but halfway through the season, uh, one of the guys had Le'Veon Bell, and he obviously went down with the injury, and he thought, "Oh, I'm going to blow this up and start to to." you know rebuild and get ready for next season and uh, some of the moves he made uh, he picked up Russell Wilson was one of them and um, Russell Wilson obviously had a real dominant stretch down down towards the end of the season he actually went on to win the league and he had made like he was trading away players getting picks and he actually won the league so he's in a real strong position now going forward so you can see things like that happen too that players just take off at certain points you might trade away some of your star names you might pick up somebody like Thomas Rawls in the trade and then Marshawn Lynch goes down Rawls plays strong down the end so all these sort of things can happen and that's you know it's all really down to uh, how good of a GM you can be so it's uh, it's always a lot of fun and it is a lot of work as well but anyone that hasn't played I'd recommend uh, playing and 
anyone that hasn't played hopefully this has helped you make that decision to go and play um, and if you are a regular player hopefully there's some bits in it there that can help you out if you want to find out more dynasty info i mentioned carl you're starting up the site dynasty1fantasy.com and the new podcast will be coming out soon anything else that you want to mention about the site uh, as we finish up no, there's not much to mention yet, unfortunately. <laughs> but it should. I, I'm real. I. I mean, I hope you could hear it in my voice. I'm really excited about this. This is something that I've. I think I've wanted to do subconsciously for a long time, and and it should end up really well. I'm hoping. So so yeah, I am very excited about it. Yeah, and I always think um, you know with things like. Uh podcast and so on sometimes you people don't want to see more of them coming out but i'm always to see as many as you can to see as many people helping each other out to grow the community as we can and you now with uh, ryan mcdowell doing the show as well with matt williams and the dynasty blueprint there's there's so many dynasty podcasts out there now i remember when i started playing dynasty and it's only three or four years ago there was kind of the dlf podcast was there and that was about it there wasn't many other dynasty podcasts around there was lots of fantasy talk so it's uh, great to see that part of the community grow on the dynasty side of it and uh, hopefully your site and the podcast will go on to great things i'm really looking forward to uh, downloading some episodes once they come out and you can follow carl as well for all your fantasy football information uh, it's at carl Safchik. that's s-a-f-c-h-i-k carl as always it's uh, been a blast and hopefully we can do it again uh, in the not too distant future Thank you so much, Paul. It's always great talking to you. I hope you're doing good, buddy. Hi, this is Greg Rosenthal, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. That was Carl. Obviously, I mentioned there is a new podcast and a new site. Be sure and check that out and follow him on Twitter, at Carl Safchik, as I mentioned. If you've been listening to the show over the last four or five weeks, I recorded five or six episodes in very quick succession uh, while in Melbourne before I went on my travels around uh, New Zealand and around parts of Australia. You might have heard it in my voice on this show, uh, The Voice Taking History, and this is the last one I've recorded out of that series of events, and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully my voice held up throughout it. I've had a bit of a a coughing uh, fit at the end recording this intro and uh, the outro bit, which I recorded at a separate time to the interview with Carl, so uh, hopefully hasn't uh, affected your ears too much uh, listening to it. But again, I want to just keep the outro short and sweet because of the way my uh, throat is feeling at the moment but again thanks for tuning in keep spreading the word and uh, i'll be back very shortly with another show so stay tuned to the at overtime ireland twitter feed and as always have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland check out overtimeireland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an overtime ireland production 